0: MiaVid FeedScout, listen to the art of science. Hello and welcome to the podcast represented by Miavit. Miavit stands for high quality, innovative and profitable special products, premixes and liquids. Welcome back to another episode of our podcast MiaVid FeedScout, listen to the art of science. In this podcast, we speak with a veterinarian and expert, Dr. Simone Schaumberger. Nice to have you here again and speak with you. Hello, Dr. Schaumberger.
1: Hello, Malte. Nice to talk to you again.
0: Hello. <laughs> the headline for today is the bacterial endotoxin activity in ruminants. In our last two episodes, we have spoken a lot about mycotoxins and their challenge in handling. But what about endotoxins? Where do they come from and are there a constant treat?
1: Ah yes, I I love the topic on endotoxin, <laughs> as I know I did my thesis in this field and ten years of research, I found out it's uh, a very interesting uh, toxin if you can. Uh, call it like that, Mm -hmm. because I learned about it on university, but then I was not aware on their real impact on humans and animals. And to understand the mode of actions, I want to introduce them in some short words to you. Mm -hmm. So, endotoxin, a component in the cell wall of gram-negative bacteria, And the most uh, famous one of the bacterial group of the gram-negative ones is Escherichia coli. And as we know, E. coli can be found in every human and in every animal as part of our normal flora. Another example for a gram-negative bacteria would be uh, the Salmonella. But the interesting thing is that because of their structure, so Um, They are so-called lipopolysaccharides. That means they consist of fats and sugars. And the toxic part is the lipid part. Um, And they are very heat-stable and uh, the elimination is quite a challenge um, of of them because you would need three hours of 180 degrees to kill these endotoxins.
0: So, why should we then be concerned about them when these are components in the healthy flora?
1: (laughs) That's a very good uh, question. The problem starts when the homeostasis, the balance of the organism, is disturbed. This can be caused by different stress factors, for example, as heat stress, feed stress or pathogen stress. In this case, you might have an increase of the gram-negative bacteria in the gut. And the more bacteria grow, the more bacteria die. And when the bacteria die, their cell wall lyses, and the endotoxins are set free or liberated. And uh, if, for example, in the gut is in a good condition, the release of the endotoxins might not do any harm because there is a lot of mechanisms to counteract the endotoxins. But if you have not such a good condition, this can change so you can get a negative impact. And for example, in case of heat stress, uh, endotoxins are liberated, heat stress breaks up The tight junctions in the gut, so the uh, the doors between the enterocytes in the gut, and endotoxin can enter the organism and the bloodstream, and from there on, further cascades starts. So endotoxins are pyrogens; they induce fever, and they start inflammation cascades in the body. And here the trouble starts uh, when you have The organism challenged via inflammation. Also, the immune system is impacted. And the tricky thing, and this is why we should be concerned, is that you never really know when you have this turn from good to bad. So when there is an overshooting reaction on the endotoxin challenge in the body. So... um, General symptoms which then can be induced is uh, flu-like uh, symptoms, so coughing, fever, <laughs> um, and different kind of uh, inflammations. But maybe we come to that topic later on in more detail.
0: Yes, please. Yeah. In your career as a scientist, you have done some studies about endotoxins. What is your impression? Is there an underestimated problem?
1: Yes. So I would definitely... Definitely would answer. say. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> yes, this, this was really what I found out during my research. They are underestimated because one big issue here is that when you treat a bacterial uh, uh, disease with antibiotics, you kill the bacteria. And depending if you have a bactericidal or a bacteriostatic uh, antibiotic, more or less uh, of the cell wall is destroyed and endotoxins are liberated so if you for example take cephalosporins which is uh, bactericidal and is a very broad group of antibiotics you should always consider to add an anti-inflammatory drugs uh, in the daily uh, routine as a veterinarian because otherwise the inflammation induced by the killing of the bacteria might be then a, a, be a further trigger for the animal, and it's very interesting because it was found out that only a few nanograms, twelve nanograms of endotoxin, so this is really nothing,
0: nothing,
1: mm-hmm. can given uh, intravenously can kill a person or, uh, or an animal. So this is it. This is not on animals now, but therefore for dialysis patients in uh, human medicine, they have to check uh, each uh, infusion on endotoxin contamination because otherwise the endotoxin contamination could kill the people within minutes. So uh, this also gives me the impression that they're really under... Un- underestimated but to look now on more general effects is that you have to consider that every challenge of the immune system costs energy and has an impact on growth and development within the animal and as we know more days in feed is more days uh, of costs for the farmer and if you are not fast enough uh, or the system tips over you might have an overreaction and this can in worst case leading to shock rea- uh, reactions and uh, sudden deaths and during my studies uh, as a researcher i have seen that uh, different animals or single animals can react on the in- impact on endotoxins in a very different way so the range is really broad from the subclinical things like loss in performance up to the different inflammations which endotoxins can take part in and which in uh, worst case uh, can have very bad outcomes such as the death to be very traumatic.
0: (laughs) Uh, Which risk do you see in diarrhea cows? Is there a link between mastitis, laminitis (laughs) Laminitis <laughs> difficult word yes. and uh, endotoxins. Yes,
1: um, the thing. Maybe I can I can give you an example. There wasn't uh, there was a study investigated uh, where cows were challenged with endotoxins, and it was shown that the milk yield significantly decreased compared to a negative control. This is uh, when we go into the, the direction of mastitis, uh, because uh, in mastitis, we also have a high load of bacteria in the uh, in the other, and there directly endotoxins are liberated and can trigger the mastitis, the inflammation of the of the other. But this is just one thing, because in the meantime, Uh, several endotoxin-associated diseases are confirmed in the ruminants. And here is not only the ones you mentioned, uh, as laminitis and and mastitis, but also acidosis, ketosis, necrosis, and disease of lungs and others are confirmed. So the the range is much broader as of the ones uh, you, you were mentioning. and. Um, This is the tricky thing. Endotoxins can play a direct role in these ones as causing the inflammation, but also an indirect effect by weakening the immune response. And therefore, the organism cannot that well fight the effects of uh, the endotoxin disease. So endotoxins are kind of trail places for other diseases. And f- especially for diary cows, the impact of endotoxins on the reproduction is uh, an important one to be considered. Because uh, there were other authors that showed that en- uh, endotoxins can lead to infertility and lower pregnancy rates as well. So... Uh, as you see, the the range is is very broad again, because um, also maybe also interesting is the impact uh, on the acidosis. As as you might know, this is a very um, regular disease or symptom in cows. With acidosis, it's meant that the pH in the rumen is lowered. And therefore, the organisms which are there for uh, cutting down uh, fiber or others uh, do not work properly. And it was shown when the pH is lower 6 over a period of time, the amount of endotoxins by killing of bacteria is increased. Um, And here we can see That with this increase in the rumen, there is again an effect on a disseminated inflammations and this can then also start the laminitis. So the inflammation of the of the claw of the hoof in the ruminants. So from the rumen to the hoof. Uh, and if you're interested, I would uh, sh- would say some words on, on laminitis.
0: Oh, yes, please.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, because here we also investigated studies uh, in my research years. And as we know, laminitis is also for those who might have horses, for our listeners, is a very ch- um, common problem. And within horses, there is also explained the endotoxic laminitis. So here it's already accepted that the endotoxins do the harm to the, to the hoof, hoof wall. So in the dermis of the hoof, you have the inflammation. And as you might consider, if you have uh, a a sore uh, hoofs, this is very painful diseases in animals because they cannot walk properly around. This again leads so they won't go to the feet and therefore they show a loss in performance. A loss in performance in the cow again means you have a decrease in the milk yield, and in worst case you have to have your best cow slouted oh. because of, of the inflammation mm-hmm. and of the pain. And
0: this is what we do not want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, exactly. This is exactly what we do not want. Um, but of course, I have to say, laminitis is a multifactorial disease and we have other impacts, but we know in the meantime that endotoxins play a major uh, role in the whole complex.
0: Okay. And um, how can we protect our dairy cows? Um,
1: yes. Uh, good. Again, a good one. <laughs> um As we were talking in the beginning, um, endotoxins are in the the, the gram-negative bacteria in the environment at any time and everywhere. And therefore we again have to consider different steps when we talk about the protection or the prevention of our dairy dairy cows. In general, One important thing is a good hygiene and feed management to keep possible risks or challenges of the cows low. For example, there have to be investigated many studies that show that endotoxins can be found in the dust in the stables or barns. And this might be an important fact for people working in the stables that endotoxins can take part in the so-called diseases, the farmer lungs. Uh, maybe you, you have heard about that one. This is farmers working over years and years in stables start to develop a lung disease, often in combination with uh, with fever. And this is uh, because the macrophages in the lungs are triggered by the endotoxins. They breathe in on a daily basis. So when the farmer can be affected, the animals can be affected as well. So yes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's important to start with the hygiene in your stable and to keep the dust levels uh, low. No.
0: Yeah.
1: So, um, um, this might be the most easy one you can start today when you go outside the other thing is stress as we know stress is a, is a big challenge for again for for the animals and also for us humans
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but one of the uh, important stress factors uh, for the ruminants is hot summers uh, ruminants and also other animal species really react on the on high temperatures. And when you have an increase on the inner body temperature by uh, less than one degree, the tight junctions start to break up in the gut, and the bacteria uh, can enter more easily. So again, stress, also, other kinds of stress can be door openers again for the endotoxins. So, the second big thing for um, for protecting our animals is to reduce the the stress.
0: Mm-hmm. And but how not, can we how can we do this?
1: Yes, this can start again with a very basic one: reducing feeds uh, kind of feed stress. So, start to use high standard and good quality feed for the cows. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, keep possible imbalances low. So um, maybe I can take the example of mycotoxins. This could be a stress factor in in feed. Um, And good feed also means that you have a good balanced flora in the in the rumen and therefore less bacteria might die and less endotoxins are released. And uh, I I nearly forget now. Um, as I said in the beginning, uh, endotoxins are sugars and fats combined. And because of this fat uh, part in the in the endotoxin in the lipopolysaccharide, the fats used in the diet could be a predisposing factor for the uptake of the endotoxins. So it was shown that uh, saturated fats such as coconut oil can support the endotoxin uptake. So also check your diets uh, if you if you add kind of fats, which one uh, you you use so, this is already. I know this is very, already very complex. Mm-hmm. But to to consider it when you look on your feed rations, maybe. Um,
0: there are some yep. some other factors uh, to reduce in feed.
1: Um, yes, as I as I, sta- as I said before, it's uh, the mycotoxins because. It's proven that they can um, uh, support or interact with each others, and one or can be a door opener for the other, and the other way around. So here we could be again with uh, the maybe you re- remember the additive effects and uh, the synergistic effects on mycotoxins we were talking about in the last episodes, this could be also put for, for mycotoxins and endotoxins. So one plus one might be for them in the in the course of symptoms. And let me think, we were talking about the hygiene. We were talking about the feed. And um, as for me as a veterinarian, it's very important. I want to touch again, the thing with the use of antibiotics. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So because we need them because we want to help and treat our animals, but really keep in mind that it might be better if we could prevent the usage and if we have to use them to consider the use of anti-inflammatory drugs in addition. But normally it's the daily routine of a veterinarian but be aware on that one, and of course, as we we are talking about preventive methods, we are again with the with the option to use feed additives to support or to protect our animals to get in a real illness state or to start showing symptoms, and. Uh, In the meantime, investigated is again three different mechanisms. Uh, The first one is again the binding of free endotoxins within the gut. So uh, it was shown that some special bentonites are able to bind and therefore eliminate the endotoxins before they can enter the organism. The second uh, mechanism, which is a very important one, is to keep the inflammation rates low by decreasing the inflammatory response in the organism. Uh, and this can happen via different anti-inflammatory drugs, as I said, or anti-inflammatory uh, plants. As we know, nature gives us a lot of great plants, Mm -hmm. which have exactly this effect. And the third one is to support the liver health because endotoxins, I nearly forgot, are eliminated via the liver. And so they also harm the liver cells. Therefore, it's very important to support our liver and the liver cells And also the cells or the cell wall in the gastrointestinal tracts. So we can avoid that you have leaks uh, in the intestine. So less endotoxin can enter the bloodstream and less endotoxins enter uh, the liver. And uh, therefore you have a preventive effect. And... This is um, already generally known. One of the best plants to support the liver is the the milk systole, because this is one of those uh, which can really restore our liver cells. And this is a, a protection mechanism, which is absolutely great, I would say. And when we... When we take the right plants, we can support, therefore, our organism in a whole and great way.
0: Yeah, I would say. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So today we have learned a lot about bacterial endotoxin activity. Uh, We are right at the end um, in our third episode. Thank you very much for your very interesting answers, Dr. Schaumberger thank you uh, dear listeners thank you very much for your attention watch out for our fourth episode we will speak about mycotoxins and endotoxins challenge in the GIT of swine thank you very much